And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. It's Monday afternoon, a beautiful sunny day in Chicago, so what better place to be Sitting then inside my uh, daughter's old room in the corner, cowering because they're loud in the other room trying to make a podcast. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good. I, I feel like we're spoiled because 60s like now feel a little bit cold since we've already hit the 70s a little bit and the 80s. And then my office in uh, in our condo, it's uh, it's downstairs, so it, it absorbs the cold. And I, I actually am really cold today. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's freezing when it's like when it's really cold and even like now it's. Just as long as it, just as long as it's dry out, I can throw my kids in the backyard and get ten minutes apiece. That's all that really matters. Yeah, my kid was supposed to go back to daycare today, which was exciting and scary. But then she got an air infection this weekend, so she's oh. not. So uh, we will try again later in the week. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go daycare next month. We're 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 being we're being babies about this and just keeping everybody at home. I don't think you're probably just being smarter about this than I so. think this uh, country is. Yeah, not doing these things very well. Um, but hockey's coming back allegedly July 10th. That's soon. That's less than a month away. They're going to have some form of training camp. At least the NHL seems to be. So Pat, Patrick Kane wasn't so sure, huh? No, that was, uh, and I think that was good. You know, I actually talked to someone about it afterward, and uh, you know, more of a management role. And they're like, "That's good for Kane because yeah. it, it it has been all driven by the league so far. Uh, you know, the NHLPA has had a little say, but th- there are a lot of logistics to work the out and you know like right now it's you know there's a format and there's an idea when starting training camp happens but no one's really talked about uh the procedures and the you know just the safety regulations and just all that goes into getting players into the country and getting them quarantined and then how it looks for the players during camp and then for their families and yeah just there's uh, i feel like all the details that the other leagues have gotten into that the nhl's benefited from all the positive press because um, it's been very driven by the league and very, uh, and, and obviously the financial part's already decided. So it's, it's less than less, you know, less of the, I guess, a negotiation in that aspect, but there, there are a lot of things that they need to, to hash out before uh, anyone stepping the foot on the ice, you know? Yeah, no, I, I was glad, you know, we, 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 you know, the Blackhawks had their first media access in 92 days last week. 
Uh, so it was nice to be able to hear from them. And Stan Bowman was excited about camp and Jeremy Colleton all excited about camp. And then Patrick Kane's like, yeah, I'm not so <laughs> sure about this. And it's funny because Patrick Kane, of all people, as he said, like nobody likes the game more than him. Nobody wants to play more than Patrick Kane wants to play. But I think it meant a lot. And it kind of shows the, the kind of leadership role that he's grown into, that he was the one kind of tempering enthusiasm a little bit, saying, look, you know, we all want this to happen. It all sounds great. But until we know a lot more of the details about how they're going to do this, about how they're going to keep everybody safe, you know, let's 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 not get ahead of ourselves here. And I think it's important that a player of his stature was willing to say that. Yeah, and I'm sure that, and I wonder how much you know, just the NHLPA has been saying that too. Let's not let's not give the league too much already. You know, like they're you know, like it, it, uh, he, they are optimistic, and I'm sure the players want to play, but it's. Uh, they don't want to come off as the bad guys in the end here too, right? Like it, uh, I, I don't think, uh, you know, as we've seen in other leagues, like people start taking sides and, and saying, you know, who's right and who's wrong, who's the selfish one in this. And I think the NHLPA just wants to get ahead, ahead of that too, because there are the details of how these bubbles look and what it, how much interaction do you have with your family? Is your family allowed to stay at the hotel? Um, you know, and now even as they decide the hub cities and what those look like, and, and it sounds like Vegas is, uh, potentially, you know, one is, is a front runner there. Um, but even that, like, you're now starting to see the virus, uh, you know, just a surgeons in certain areas and, and what's that look like and how are you protecting the players from, from that and, um, and giving them enough of a life, you know, uh, outside the hockey rink to make this all worthwhile and then enough interaction with their own families or whomever just, uh, um, it's, it's, it's one thing to say to play, you know, be in a bubble, but it's another thing to actually live out. Yeah, I mean, you look at what's going on in the NBA, and you got it sounds like more and more that guys in the NBA are like, I don't want to spend three months at Disney World, you know, <laughs> locked away where I can't. They won't even let me go on the rides. So, <laughs> you know, and then there's obviously other issues that are, you know, there are a lot of you know, Stephen Jackson, I think it was, was talking about, you know, we don't want to take away from the social justice movement by giving yeah. distraction. You know, there's a lot more going into it there, but you know, the, the leagues are just powering through, other than baseball, because baseball is just a total mess. But the leagues are just like, we're going to do this. And some of the players are starting to think, you know, hey, I'm not so sure this is a good idea. And it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out because for the NHL in particular being, you know, it's not a niche sport. I I, I bristle when people say it's a niche sport, but it's certainly the number four sport in America. Uh, For them to have this opportunity to maybe have a month of a a sports-starved country all to themselves, it's a big deal. It's a big opportunity for a league that doesn't have opportunities like that very often. So I understand the league really wanting to make this happen, and that's better for the players too. And Patrick Kane had said that. Look, you know, we, we want to be able to give that to people, but there are larger issues at stake here. And the closer we get to it, the more these you know little details that are just being glossed over now are going to become much bigger issues. That, that point you bring out up about the NHL is actually talking to another sports writer about too is about the MLS and MLS. You know, look like looking like it might be the first uh, U.S. you know team sport to return and. And whether people are going to watch the MLS, um, one that weren't soccer fans, and then two that were soccer fans and usually watch the Premier League or anything, and I'm I'm curious of whether, because uh, in theory, like it makes sense, but are people who don't watch hockey or um, only watch hockey at their bar, you know, when it's the playoffs, or like how many people are going to tune in? You know, like it, it, I, you know, on paper it sounds good. I I don't know what the answer is. Like are, are because hockey's on and there aren't other things, will people watch or not? You know. I don't know. Well, like, like yesterday, you know, there was a PGA event going on, and I, I like golf. I'm a golf fan, but I don't usually watch just random, 
you know, mid-season events. And I watched for a couple hours yesterday. I was excited. Mm-hmm. There was sports on. Yeah. And, you know, after the after the really bad uh, Maguire Sosa documentary on ESPN last night, and it was really bad. Um, I still have like I, an hour had, and a half of it, so I'm glad you just... You're not missing much, man. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a... Uh, um, they went right into Scott Van Pelt Sports Center, and they led with golf and NASCAR because golf and NASCAR are happening right now. Yeah. I think that's where the NHL sees the value. Now, granted, nobody's watching Sports Center these days. The, the, the ratings are way down because there's no sports. I mean, every sports outlet, print, web, or TV is experiencing that radio too. But the fact that the NHL could theoretically be in the first, the A block of Sports Center every night, yeah. that's appealing to Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, For right? Sure. Now. Yeah, no, and I I agree on that. I was I'm just more curious about how many, like whether whether it translates to more viewers or what percentage of viewers you know, like if someone who's well the not- viewers the, the numbers the numbers are so small in the hockey again they'd be going right into the playoffs essentially unlike the NBA yeah the numbers the ratings are are are, are you know if you're talking like eight hundred thousand people watch a random playoff game. You know, if you get like a five percent bump, ten percent bump, yeah. that's a significant bump where it wouldn't be in other sports. Yeah, and what the, I guess I'm curious too because I feel like hockey more than the other sports because they are more traditional to a lot of us who didn't grow up playing hockey. That hockey, you know, especially the playoffs, is one that you it would become more of a community event where you you go to the bars and you know I remember 2010 where uh, you know hockey was still kind of coming back in Chicago and, and for a lot of people that was their first uh, inter- you know major introduction and and going to the bars and just get you know getting getting hammered and watching playoff games and and having these large large gatherings and um, unfortunately that's that's probably not going to be a possibility in a lot of places as, as the Blackhawks are playing that you know you can't have these these huge gatherings at bars and stuff too. I wonder how much how much that affects it too. Just where uh, it, it feels like it was such a big part of that audience too was people just you know getting together, watching the game, and making it more of an event than anything. Yeah, that doesn't help ratings though. When there's a hundred people at a bar watching one TV, that doesn't really affect the ratings very much. But no, there's more I mean, than one the- TV. <laughs> but well, it's I, also I mean, like I mean, that's it's how the rating system works. I mean, but I, I right. you know, based on how, but I was just saying, I, I feel like, like these are all things that I, I guess I'm just thinking beyond of just. Well, but that's how that's how we're doing all that right now. We're all having you know Monday night Zoom calls with our buddies to have have a drink and and, and you know talk shit, and yeah. we're 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 we're, we're, li- we're watching documentaries online, and everyone's live tweeting it like it's a sporting event. Yeah. that's what it'll be. It'll just be another online only event where you know. Imagine this quarantine 20 years ago before the internet was really big, before we really had these ways of easily communicating with everyone we know. It would have been a lot different. I, I don't feel that cut off from my friends because I can still sort of see them, talk to them on a regular basis. I think you can still have that communal feel. You just won't be able to, you know, the beer will be cheaper. That's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. I I, I, no, I think I, I definitely think it benefits NHL, but I was just uh... – yeah, I'm curious that maybe it draws new people to the sport. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer, but I'm just more of kind of throwing it out there. And, um, from from the call, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot there. It was just nice to hear from these guys again and to get some kind of you know fresh sound bites more than anything else. <laughs> you know, the, the you know the injury news was what you had already reported that Calvin DeHaan's probably going to play, and you know Zach Smith and Brent Seabrook. I don't not, I don't think anyone's too optimistic that they're going to be ready. Uh, Andrew Shaw not going to happen. Um, there wasn't a lot of news to come out of it. It wasn't very eventful, but it was just good to hear these guys talk about the Oilers. And, you know, I asked Jeremy Colleton and a couple of the players, like, how do you have two months to focus on a five game series against one team like they do? You know, we always talk about like in, in the NFL and in college football, that if you're coming off a bye week against Nick Saban, you don't stand a chance because he's had two weeks to prepare for you. Well, what, it, what, you know, Dave Tippett and Jeremy Colleton have two months, three months to prepare for each other. 
it's, it's going to be really weird. And Colleton's answer was good. He's like, look, we're going to have all the information, but we're going to be judicious about what we tell the players because we don't want to overload them and we want them to be able to play on instinct. And I think that's probably the right way to handle it. And such a sport where it, it's so hard to – there's certain things to prepare for and game plan for, but it's just so much reaction to, you know, like you just you start acting like robots if you go out there and plan so much. And it, it, it almost feels like that with football sometimes too, that they, they almost – you over plan for things, you know. Like it's just – it's at some point it becomes an overload or just, uh, you know, too much of – too much information, so – and the second you have a game plan to stop Connor McDavid, he makes you look like an asshole yeah, by just sure. blowing right by you anyway. So I'm not sure there's a whole lot you can do other than, you know, hope he has a bad night. Who'd you, who'd you vote for for the heart? Are we allowed to tell? I don't, I don't know. I, as long as not too many of us reveal it, right? I voted for Nathan McKinnon. Oh, you did? Okay. I voted for I had Leon Dreisaitl was on my ballot, but he was number four. I had Panarin second. I had Hellebuck third. And uh, I think I'm not allowed to say anymore, or the PHWA will track us down. And, and <laughs> well, you can just blame me that I forced it out of you. So. We we have an unspoken agreement with the NHL that we don't all reveal our ballots ahead of time, so that there's some suspense. Like when they, when you you know when you look at the the, the run up to the Heisman ballot or our Hall of Fame baseball voting, everyone knows what's going to happen by the time it happens because all the votes are made public early. So we like to keep it suspenseful, and then uh, I, we reveal our ballots afterwards. Well, Mark and Scott, I, Mark, I have a rule that Mark and Scott can reveal parts of their ballots. So. Well, I had Nathan McKinnon because you look at the injuries that Colorado dealt with and how good they still are. I mean, Nathan McKinnon, he is he might be the best player in hockey. He has been for a few years now. Uh, he carried that team through some some interesting issue uh, injury issues and it's it's interesting because the fact that they had this 2014 playoff it opened it up a little bit mm-hmm. like i don't think our, i'm not so sure artemi panarin would be on my ballot if they didn't do this i mean he's incredibly valuable and he car- he carried that rangers team and he's a phenomenal player but if they were just out of the playoffs you know i'm one of those guys that thinks you can how, how how valuable can you be if you couldn't even get your team into the postseason so it, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, you know connor mcdavid suffered from that for a couple of years where he would win the pearson award but yeah. wouldn't win the hart it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the uh, voting now that more teams are, are eligible. I mean, yeah, hell, I've already seen that kind of people. Some people, if you wanted, some people have kind of piped up and said that uh, that they were disappointed that it wasn't voted out until at least after the uh, even the play-in round, so that you can have like an official playoff team. I'll tell you, the hardest one for me is always the Selkie because there's, you know, it's easy to default to Patrice Bergeron, but you know there are so many good defensive forwards in the league now, and there's so much numbers at our disposal, so many analytics that we can use to determine who actually is a good two-way forward, that it gets harder and harder every year. Uh, and, and the Bing one is actually probably the hardest because I have no idea what. I'm on the, I'm on the give, def, give, give a defenseman the Lady Bing bandwagon. I, w- I went with Jacob Slavin there. Uh, he's on my belt. I don't think he was first. I don't even. The hardest one is the Calder Trophy because, I mean, flip a coin between Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr. They're both phenomenal yeah. players. Yeah, it was interesting how many defensemen that were involved in that conversation there this year too. Yeah, Adam Fox too, yeah. Blackhawks would certainly love if, uh, I guess, if Boquist and uh, and Mitchell are part of that conversation next year, maybe. Yeah, no kidding. I had, uh, I did have. Um, will, will Boquist be eligible? Did he play fewer than twenty-five games? Uh, oh, is that so twenty-five? Is that where it's at? I believe it's twenty-five. Yeah, okay, then no, he's not eligible. eligible then, no. The only Blackhawk that appeared on my on my ballot was Patrick Kane in the All Star team level. He was my second team. No, Kubali. Um, well, he's on the all-rookie team. That's right. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. yeah. And he, and he was number three on my call about. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I forgot about him. Just wrote a whole story about it and I forgot. About <laughs> okay. So according to this ad copy, I'm supposed to read smelling good is important. Who knew? I wish someone had told me that back in high school. 
Well, apparently Hawthorne smells really good, and getting Hawthorne cologne is super easy. You can just go to their website, Hawthorne, with an E at the end, .co, not .com, and take their two-minute quiz. It'll ask you all kinds of questions. What you like to drink? Uh, what you like to do on a night out? Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you sweaty and disgusting, or are you not sweaty and disgusting? And it'll assign you everything you need to not be disgusting anymore. It's kind of ideal. Uh, you can get uh, results that'll tell you if you're spicy and aromatic or fresh and aquatic. For work and play, it's very specific, all kinds of stuff it's got for you. It's a great gift for Father's Day. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to put a mask on. You can stay safe at home and order it online. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and the promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Did you get that? Because it's Hawthorne. So you talked to the mayor this week, which was very cool. Yeah, about uh, Chicago being a hub city. What 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 was, what was the vibe you got from her? Um, I, I got the vibe that she had a lot in her mind and that she was taking <laughs> taking a few minutes, allowing <laughs> a few minutes of her time to not talk about those serious stuff. Um, and and that yeah, the comments. It was funny between that and my Wrigley Field story. How just the contrast, the comments of the two stories were. Everyone's like upbeat and happy. Another one just shitting on Chicago and and the mayor and. Um, I, 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 I know Lori from, uh, just, uh, she was really good. She was really close to my dad, um, who passed away a while ago, but to you, they were really close. Uh, so that's how I sort of know Lori Lightfoot and she was willing to give me their time. But, um, yeah, it, she sounded optimistic and hopeful that, um, and especially, you know, a lot of the conversation was based on where, where COVID-19 was and the fact that Illinois and Chicago have seen such a drop and, um, and she sort of sees, uh, well, she's not sort of sees it, but if, if Chicago is voted, she sees it as Chicago, you know, just, I think she's phrased it as, you know, telling the world that Chicago is back. And, um, she knows that, you know, it obviously it's not bringing in tourists and all the, the upside that usually have an event like this would have, but she feels like, you know, it's, it's still a way to showcase the hotels and the restaurants and, um, certainly bring some money into Chicago. Um, but just to have the NHL, you know, bring this, you know, bring these playoffs as one of the two hub cities would be a, you know, just a feather in the cap for Chicago. So she said they put together a proposal and, and there's hotels and such, um, in them, but they're, you know, they're certainly up for negotiation. And, um, you know, she mentioned too, and I, and I've heard it since that they, um, she heard that NHL hadn't decided that, you know, if Chicago's chosen that automatically the Blackhawks would, would go play in the other location. And, and I, and I think, the NHL would prefer that, but it also, I think what's complicated is because you may have two Western conference cities, you know, depending on where, where Canada stands or who the best, um, best applicants are for this hub city, that it may be two teams from the, you know, two cities from the same conference. So it, it may complicate where teams go. So there, there is a chance still, it sounds like that Chicago, you know, the Blackhawks could play in Chicago. I'm not sure how, uh, how exactly that, that would be done or how it's, you know, they wouldn't be. I'm sure it. that fans around the league would be totally cool with that <laughs> and wouldn't see any conspiracy there whatsoever because everyone always thinks, you know, Chicago needs more breaks. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm curious, I'm curious, you know, if, if it is Vegas and Chicago, how that's done with, uh, you know, moving teams around and if you're keeping one conference in one city or what, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting, you know, I, I talked to her for maybe, you know, about 10 minutes and, um, it just, uh, you know, she talked about, you know, the healthcare system and even knowing that, uh, you know, there's a possibility this could go wrong and, and the NHL needs a lot more of the Chicago resources from the hospitals and doctors. And she felt that was something that the city could give, you know, based on where the numbers are and you're not necessarily taking that away from the rest of the community. So, 
Um, you know, it, from what uh, Russo and Joe Smith reported uh, this weekend too, it sounds like NHLPA is going to talk about it soon, and you know we should know a little bit more. But as of right now, it sounds like Chicago is optimistic and uh, hopeful that uh, you know that they're chosen still. Yeah, you and I were both really skeptical and surprised when they announced at the end of uh, I guess it was last month that Chicago was one of the ten cities being considered because the numbers were so bad, but. You know, Illinois is one of the few places where they're doing a good job with it, where they're really getting the numbers down and things are progressing in the right direction and they have the tests and they have the equipment and they have the hotels and they have the restaurants and they have the rinks. And uh, it, it, I, I wouldn't think that Chicago is a front runner. Obviously, Vegas is going to get one and they would rather be probably Columbus or Pittsburgh or some eastern city. But uh, Chicago looks more and more viable as an option kind of every passing day. And Vegas is interesting where it obviously has the resources, but at the same time, there's there's got to be a concern that, you know, if I'm a player and I like to gamble or, you know, like, and if I'm feeling cooped up that maybe, you know, like I, I want to get out to the casino or and something. Have you, you know? seen the videos? I mean, there's no, there it, it is jam-packed. There's no masks. Yeah. Vegas is back. Like Vegas is like, okay, the pandemic's over. <laughs> we don't care anymore. I'm not so sure that's the best idea. Yeah. No, I think there has to be some concern that it, it, the temptation would be too great for someone who's been in the same place for weeks. It'd be time. funny because, like, Alex Debrinket would be like, "Haha, now you know how it feels like when I was 20 years old and we went to <laughs> Vegas and I had to sit in my hotel room doing literally my high school homework." So, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm still, I, I, I'd still be surprised if the media is allowed to go to these games or how that's going to play out. But I, I, I feel like if the Blackhawks are in Vegas and we're allowed to go, that you'd probably win this one out just because you like Vegas a lot more than I do. I, I would be like, uh, you remember in the uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, and uh, Dewey's running around going, the Temptations, the Temptations, <laughs> and then the, the actual Temptations are singing. That would be me right there. I'd be ripping off uh, ripping off sinks out of the wall, being <laughs> wanting to gamble but not wanting to sit next to people that are just dumb. <laughs> You'd be doing a lot of the slot machines. Oh, God, no. Anything like that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I feel like the, so much is going to be resolved here in the next few weeks. I'm sure we'll have more to talk about as the as the PA and the league uh, have more discussions about uh, about those things and certainly how these things look and and whether they you know I mean in two weeks we'll be talking about how hockey's uh, same stalemate as some of these other leagues. So I am uh, I'm definitely curious how this plays out here. Yeah, and uh, hopefully next Monday when we meet again uh, virtually here, we'll have more to talk about because we're getting close. July 10th is not far away. Yes, sir. Um, But, uh, yeah, we will uh, be back here at the Lads and Powers show uh, next Monday, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. See ya. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.